Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gateway to Cinema, the spin-off of the far more popular podcast reboot already underway, the Rugrats preschool days to the main podcasts, Rugrats. That was a thing? I was initially going to go with All Grown Up, mm-hmm. but then I was like, All Grown Up isn't that bad. It's all right. And then I found out there was another spinoff. What what happens That's, in this spinoff? It lasted four episodes and was about Angelica and uh, Susie when they were in preschool. Uh, it's the okay. shortest running Nickelodeon cartoon ever. Really? That's <laughs> horrible. Wow. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So the more you know. That's I, why people come back. I know more now. House, I yeah. guess. Sure, they have, there has to be some reason. <laughs> yeah, because it's certainly not me, your host, Aaron Hunt. I was trying for a that transition was there. <laughs> really sad. No, I, I come back for you, Aaron. <laughs> it's like now I uh, just have to like be like, hey, it's okay, buddy. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do here now. <laughs> you, now was... oh, look, what you ruined everything. Now you put me in an awkward position. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll stop. Anyway, I was just I was just trying to go for the smooth transition. You know? It didn't I mean, you got it. <laughs> but at what cost? Joined as always <laughs> by Jacob Lacey. Uh something in Spanish if that makes sense. <laughs> it does make sense. Yeah. Because we are once again talking about one of the films from the list of 100 movies I once made for Lacey to watch. Films that are interesting introductions to the large world of cinema. And this week, we have another one of my favorite films of all time. We have a, and we have a timely film to talk about, <laughs> both in terms of the director has a new film coming out, oh, yeah. and in terms of... We're going to have to bring back hashtag way too relevant. It's coming back, everyone. It's been a while. It's, it's been, been too long. I could have I could have done it. Has it been too long? Could have done it when I talked about milk. That could have been like a... The milk had no relevance. Are you sure? To even what we were talking about. It was... It was... Let alone... A deep dive curve. into the milk crisis in the country, honestly. Um... But, you know, we'll save that for later. There's a lot of milk in this movie. I don't know if you knew that. There, it... <laughs> My even, God. I don't even like milk. I forgot about the milk. <laughs> I wasn't even watching this movie today. And I didn't think that you were going to talk about the milk, aren't you? I didn't think I was going to either. I just actually remembered it now, too. <laughs> so... We'll get there. Okay, at least in this movie, there's actual it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we are talking about. Have we not? Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> we haven't introduced it yet, we and we've already it. dismissed it to just being about milk. Um. Yeah. But first, we're gonna start with your initial reaction. Okay. So. Not the movie I was expecting. Were you expecting it to be more of a horror film? No. I was expecting way more fantasy. 
There's not much in here, but that's all right. Fantasy movies, I'm not, like, huge on. I think we've kind of talked about that. Like, there are some that, obviously, are the exception to the rule. Harry Potter, but that's more because of the books. But then there's things like Lord of the Rings. I'm like, eh, all right, Lord of the Rings is pretty cool. And then it's got Game of Thrones. I'm like, eh, Game of Thrones is pretty cool. That's about it. <laughs> so... I was coming into this kind of like, uh-oh, it might not be as good as Devil's Backbone. I will say, I'm having an, a difficult time deciding where I rank this in the Guillermo del Toro uh, camp of movies. Mm -hmm. It's either my favorite or Crimson Peak is just a little above it. And I think Crimson Peak gets the edge in my mind just because it was the first one of his I'd seen um, outside of Pacific Rim. But I don't, I don't want to talk about Pacific Rim. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so obviously I liked it a lot. <laughs> so I guess take that for what you will. Um, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, I think the way it balances those fantasy elements with, like, real life are, is really interesting. Um, dark movie, man. Mm -hmm. Like, Devil's Backbone's dark, but it's not as dark as this. <laughs> like, there's, there's one scene kind of early on. I didn't know what this was rated as I was going in. And there's one scene where I was just like, oh, okay, okay it's one of those movies. Here we go. <laughs> like, yeah, because, like, at times you're like... This seems like a movie for kids. Yeah. You know, we have the child protagonist, we have the weird fantasy creatures and all that. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, no, this is not a movie for kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A movie I might even enjoy more if I knew a little bit more about the conflict in it the spanish civil war yeah i don't again i think we talked about this with devil's backbone i don't know much about it at all i guess i didn't even know that it took place at the same time as as uh world war ii <laughs> i just didn't even know that and then i'm like wait what what's going on here <laughs> but now i understand but yeah i think we kind of we kind of talked a little about this with devil's backbone where it's like not necessarily important to know all the details of it but just kind of knowing what the two sides represents yeah is really crucial to this film yeah and i mean i'm not saying i didn't understand that i just think there's so much rich symbolism and world building in this movie that i feel like a bit of it was lost on me so i'd be really interested in learning about that and then re-watching these two uh guillermo del toro films just because they are very linked in that way yeah they're definitely they're not like sequels but they're certainly mm -hmm. companion films in a sense yeah uh the only thing I knew going into this about this movie was 
eye hand guy. Yeah. Yeah. The pale man. Yeah, he's all eyes. You know, if you know what I mean. He's quite the looker. <laughs> and that's the end of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I just want to dig into spoilers. That's where I'm at right now. But why did you put it on the list? Uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, this is one of my favorite films of all time. And that's because Del Toro is one of my favorite directors of all time. Just because, you know, both because his films are always visually gorgeous, but just, and, and this is connected to that, but he puts so much care into his work. Mm-hmm. Like every single detail, like, you know, every single bit of production design and every single story detail and every single piece of symbolism or something. There's, he puts so much care and love and like this childlike wonder, but also just like this, especially in this film, you have like that more mature, like really thoughtful, you know, exploration of this conflict and everything. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love his style. I love him as a director and I consider this to be his best film. Like this is his magnum opus. Like I don't think he's going to make a film better than this for the rest of his career. No matter how much I'm looking forward to The Shape of Water, no matter how much I think he's going to go on and direct many more great films, I think this will be his defining film. Mainly because it's like the perfect balance of like everything he's he's seeking to do like the complex creature design but also the way in which like these monsters and these fantasy elements like reflect and inform upon the darkness and childlike wonder in our own society i think this is the perfect version of basically his entire style so yeah, and since he's one of my favorite directors, I wanted to make sure that this was a film you had seen, and that other people see as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously a huge recommend for me, so there's that too. Yeah, um, uh, highly recommended by me as well. So if you have not seen this film, highly recommended by the both of us. <laughs> I forgot how that, I usually do that. Yeah. I screwed it up, but... Uh, and if you have seen this film or just don't care, we're going to now talk about it a little in-depth with spoilers. All right. I never know Was how to Was there a point you these. wanted to get to besides the milk? The milk we'll save for the end. I'm not going to come out of the gate swinging with a milk jug, all right? I'm going to slowly build my way to the milky ending. Bad. Should not have said that. Um... But also, now I'm stuck on that. Um, oh, but also, oh, uh, <laughs> all right. So movie. Did it? You, you derailed it already. Ophelia, a good character. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I I didn't know what. Like I said, didn't know what to expect going into this. I uh, knew a little girl was the lead, um, and. Maybe I want to talk more about the mom than Ophelia to start. I feel like the mom's, like, for as little as she's in this, is, like, 
I mean, she's well acted, but um, her character is written super well. I think mm-hmm. as it's the way she and Ophelia play off each other and the way the whole like, oh, you'll understand when you're older, that whole thing. I love that the movie never really gives a full explanation for why she and the captain are together now. I love that we're kept in the dark just as much as Ophelia is almost like, you know, I think it's, I mean, this is like you said, they don't actually state this. So this is just what Mm -hmm. I kind of interpret the film as. I think it's very much just kind of like a situation of circumstance Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, she kind of senses the tide changing. So she's like, I kind of, if I want to protect my daughter and my, you know, my family, I'm going to have to kind of find a life within this new regime. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's certainly what can be in, like interpreted from that. But I like that. It's never like there's this, awkwardly exposited scene like i saved you from the you should respect me kind of thing (laughs) like and like i'm sorry there's a lot to talk about i'm i i couldn't go on with that but i found a little progression onto the captain who is one of the most hateable people i think i've seen in film in a long time i think maybe koba (laughs) is the last time i wanted to just watch a character die on screen (laughs) Like, but he has guy. a great ending for his character because yeah. he is so hateable. And yeah, and you're just like, it's beautiful. The whole time, that scene where he ties up uh, Mercedes. Yeah, that's the, yeah. Uh, um, when he, you know, she cuts herself free and then just goes to town on him. I'm like, yeah, stab his stupid face. <laughs> I'm like, get him. <laughs> like he just, And like, it's one of those things where it's like, I get it. It's a movie. <laughs> but like, kill him. <laughs> like, just kill him right there. <laughs> like, there is no reason he should live. He's like a horrible human. He, like, is a complete scumbag. He's talking to the doctor. He's like, if it comes down to it, uh, save the kid, save the boy, or whatever. I'm like, my my dude, <laughs> like you are a scumbag for even saying that. Like that's one of those things that like you have to decide in the heat of the moment. It can't be like five days out and you're like, yeah, if she's gonna die, I don't really care. Just keep the kid. Like at least pretend to like you like her, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this stupid scumbag. He he's like a terrible character, but he's a great character. Yeah, he's, you know one of those love, love to, hate. to hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also shoots a little girl in the stomach. Yep. <laughs> like that's pretty messed up. <laughs> do you want Do you want to talk about how you felt about the ending? What, like, did you, what do you mean? I mean, like, were you like? shocked that that's the direction it ended up going i didn't think it was gonna go there but when it went there i was like yeah (laughs) like this is the way it has to go in a way i like if that makes sense (laughs) my catchphrase (laughs) um that was the way like it had to end i don't know that it could have ended with like 
hey, now I'm free, and now what? Mm -hmm. It's like, she kind of has to die, because... It's the whole uh, Christ-like figure thing. You gotta, yeah. You gotta get that going. Yeah. Superman, Ophelia, guy from The Matrix. <laughs> I've never seen The Matrix. Um, Makes, Matrix would have been on this list if I had known that. Yeah. Well, if we need to, we can fill a where Mulholland Drive would have went on the 100, <laughs> 100 show run or whatever. Um I lost my track. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know how you felt when you first watched this. Up until we see that she's talking to no one, I was like, is this real? <laughs> like cuz the whole time I'm like this isn't real. But then when he gives her the chalk and she somehow magically escapes the room, I'm like, "Oh, like, this is real. But right. then also, like, it's not... No. That's part of the <laughs> okay. beauty of the film. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I... Like that. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I understood that right. Because no, yeah, I didn't know if there was... It's not explicit either way, and it's not supposed to be. Because okay. there's stuff we get where it's like, oh, she could just be making this all up because, obviously, like, the fantasy world doesn't really interact with the other world at all outside of her. Mm -hmm. And there's like crossover elements like it's oh, it's like, oh, we have the scene with these characters. They need a key. And then all of a sudden we need a key in the fantasy world or we need a knife here. We need a knife there or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, it's just her imagination. But then, like you said, there's moments like how did she escape that room if not through magic chalk? How did she like get through the labyrinth if it didn't open up for her? and stuff like that yeah so but and then of course the ending you're like did it was she really a princess all along did she actually make it home to her family to this underground world or is this just kind of like a dream like a dying vision or yeah so something for the audience's sake or whatever it's uh, pretty sad <laughs> it's a sad ending well, I mean, you kind of get to choose if you think it's a sad or yeah. Happy Either ending. way, if a kid dies, it's pretty sad. <laughs> it's like. But yeah. what I'm saying is, like, if you believe the fantasy world is real, yeah, she didn't die. She's gonna live forever. In fact, yeah. No, I, I like, I get that, but still, a kid dies on screen. <laughs> like, it's kind of hard to get over that. That's pretty sad. No, it's pretty I'm not, upsetting. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying we should uh, be like not care. But, no, yeah, I know, no, yeah. I know. I just wanted to make sure I was <laughs> getting the point across that, like, yeah, seeing a kid dead is upsetting. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, especially. Uh, uh, I need names in front of me because I'm accidentally gonna say the wrong thing, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, Mercedes, mm -hmm. really good cry face when when uh, Ophelia dies or doesn't die or whatever. Like, oh man, it looks really heartbroken. Like for real. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, oh, 
this good actress. Very good. This movie make you cry? Uh yes. <laughs> Several points. Actually, yeah. No, nothing. I never like broke down, but I'm like, ah, ah. Yeah. No. Um. I got the same one. All right. Good. Good. I'm not alone there. I I, I need to ask mm-hmm. because I didn't want to look like the. Yeah. You the, need yeah. you needed validation. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Um. <laughs> oh man. Now I'm lost at what I wanted to say. Oh yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about that scene that, uh, made me realize this is an R-rated movie. <laughs> yep. Go for it's, it. It's, uh, when they catch the two people in the woods, and then he, uh, beats his face in. <laughs> yep. And, like, the camera does not leave it, as there is just an indent in this man's face now. Yep. Um... I kept watching. Like, normally that's a thing in a movie that I'd see and, like, look away real quick because I don't want to see that. But I just kept watching so I'm like, they're not going to... They're not going to... No. <laughs> and then it just kept happening. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, oh, all right. That's upsetting. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Yikes. And then just the line after where they find the rabbits in the bag and he's like... It's just like... Oh my god, this guy sucks! Mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy's the worst! Um, I, uh, unless he lives in America, right? And we can write a New York Times Puff Peeps article about how some some fascists are okay. <laughs> yeah, but like, he he also eats rabbits. Yeah. So they're really, they're really just all the same. Yeah. You know? He just hates a certain uh, sect of people. Um, the other side yeah. does not. Mm-hmm. But they both like rabbits. Yeah, see, we can all find something to, to agree on. He has a kid. That makes him a good person automatically. He has a hobby. He likes repairing watches. Yeah. <laughs> that's a thing that happens. I, I want to ask about that. Because I feel like that's a plot thread that I didn't pick up on super well. Like, I was like, oh, it's a watch. Oh, it's cracked. Then he, someone tells him the story about his dad. And he's like, my dad never owned a watch. I don't really understand i feel like i missed something what i i don't know i wasn't really paying close enough attention to that plot thread either to pick up on what they were going for but there is at least a symbolic element to it in terms of like he's being represented by the mechanical world Mm -hmm. which is why his like office has like those giant gears in the background or whatever so it's like contrasting that with the natural nature of the fantasy world mm-hmm. okay yeah i see that he also gets his joker scars and that uh seeing him sew that back together is a uh, that's something i watched <laughs> i 
And then he tries to drink, and I'm like, you idiot. Like, let it heal. He just keeps drinking. Um, I loved that little, his little comeuppance. He's like, tell them, or tell my son the time of my death, the exact time of my death. She's like, he won't even know your name. It's just like, yeah, that's oh God, it's so good. earlier when I said what a great end for such a hateable character. Yeah. Because oh, it's one of those ones where it's like, he not only dies, but it's like everything he stood for and wanted to bring to the world dies with him. Yeah. Like, it's just like the complete and utter annihilation of him. Oh, God, that's such, that's the way to write a villain. That's just how you do it. Take notes, Justice League. <laughs> it's not Steppenwolf. <laughs> uh, you write them to actually be hateable and memorable. And then you actually write a, a compelling end for them. Who are we talking about? I don't remember. Was there a villain in that movie? Uh, did they, did the, they the writers. <laughs> the writers were the real villain. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... I, I don't know why I'm making comparisons to this movie, but it's like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. The whole Koba thing. Like, that... That's a villain that is super not relatable. What am I looking for? <laughs> not relatable. Super uh, compelling and well written and hateable. And then when you see him get his comeuppance, it's like hell yeah! Like that's like you. We don't feel that enough in movies. At least I don't. I'm never like oh yeah, you're finally giving the villain what for. And they do that in this movie, and it works. And I. Uh, Devil's Backbone does that too. I think Guillermo just knows how to write a villain. <laughs> I mean, Crimson Peak too. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he just knows how to write villains. And he knows how to write like everyone. characters. Yeah, that's a good point. But I just think villains are the the characters that get like the least amount of writing nowadays. At least, like for sure. Let's just uh, not give them any. Can, you know, let's not give them any characterization because we don't want the audience to think that we want them to sympathize with them. It's so, like, that's not what we're going to think. <laughs> like, we, I would just like a well-written villain is all. Oh, no? We want to do Malekith? Okay. Do you think, do you think Malekith ate rabbits, too? I'd, uh, he probably ate space rabbits. Yeah. Do you think he uh, drank milk? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he probably did space milk. Hell yeah, man. He was all about that milk. Now, let's talk about the milk. <laughs> <laughs> there is a scene where she puts the mandrake in the uh, bowl all of milk, milk, puts it under the bed, makes her Two mom... Two drops of blood. It was way more than two. <laughs> I counted. She was not paying attention when Mr. Fawn Man uh, told told her where to or how many drops to put in. Also, the whole movie, I'm like, when does Pan show up? <laughs> yeah. And then I realized, I'm like, oh wait. <laughs> 
It's the fawn. <laughs> I'm a dumb man. <laughs> That's all I need to say about that, I think. But I figured it out. So. I mean, I don't want to say I mean, say they like don't I'm... ever state that he is pan. But, like... The name of the movie in Spanish. In Spanish. Is like. It's but not. The Labyrinth of the Fawn. <laughs> and so if yeah. we just look at it, it's like, oh yeah, it's Pan. <laughs> He's Pan then. Or it. I don't know what it is. It's like a stone tree fawn creature. Mr. Tumnus. It's a pretty, it's a pretty cool uh, prosthetic. That was it. all prosthetic. Okay, yeah. that's what I was going to ask, because... Well, like, so I think there's some CGI, especially, like, with the face. Mm-hmm. So they could have, like, the eyes and stuff, but... Okay. Yeah, really well done. That's, uh... What's, uh... Is that the guy who did Crooked Man? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's the guy who did Crooked Man. Uh, good. I, no, I... I don't think it is. Oh, who did Crooked Man? But he... He's done, uh... He was Abe Sapien in the Hellboy movies. He was... I think he was some of the ghosts in Crimson Peak. I don't know. He's worked with Del Toro a lot. Yeah. He was the weird creature in Ouija Origin of Evil, I think. Ah, uh, you know who else he was? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't feel like I can say it. It's not really you, my, you have my place. It's not really my I, place, really. You have to. You have to. Uh, you have to he, was, he was the Bye Bye Man. He was the Bye Bye Man. Uh, Doug Jones, not Toby Jones. No, Toby Jones is the guy from Captain America. I don't know who that is. Zola. Computer guy from Winter Soldier. Were you oh, like, yeah, is cool. This I got be you. good? Or is it? Yeah. You just get to that scene and you're like... That movie's great. Do I really like this movie? <laughs> that movie... Or is this movie terrible? That movie... Wait, you didn't like that scene? No, I actually love the scene. That's yeah. where I was like all okay. in. Yeah, that's that's movie. where the movie finally got me. And everything after that, I'm good. It's the beginning parts, I'm not. So well, what I'm, I'm saying, it's, it's like so tonally different yeah. from the first half of the movie. Anyway, back on yeah. track. Doug Jones. Uh, so yeah, he's super great as the fawn. Uh, so, Pale Man. Uh, horrifying. Yeah. Absolutely freaking horrifying. <laughs> like, I've always seen that. I'm like, oh, he looks like a silly character in the movie. Like, he's she's going to be friends with him. <laughs> and then I watch this, and I'm like, he eats kids. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God. That's horrifying. Why? <laughs> um... I love the. I just that scene is probably the best part of the movie. I think, in in my opinion. Yeah, the whole scene in like his chamber with yeah. the feast and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's right. When I was like, "Yep, I'm I'm completely sold on this now." Um, I love. She's just looking around at all the paintings, and then just like the tiny head turn and all the, just the huge pile of shoes on the ground, like kids' shoes. I'm like, oh my god, okay, here we go. Um, I was wondering if there was supposed to be like some kind of symbolism there, because you know that one of the 
common images of like the Holocaust is the piled up shoes. Well, it's again, I don't know like anything about the Spanish Civil War except for what I've learned in uh, Del Toro movies. I mean, um, like you kind of said, like they weren't. They were related conflicts, but they weren't directly linked right. in a sense. I think I think it's symbolism in the same way that the devil's backbone is about like the the forgotten children of the war in that mm-hmm. it might be the same uh sentiment just portrayed in a different way would be my guess. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I I just saw this movie 2 hours ago. <laughs> I don't know anything <laughs> about it. Um yeah, so that just that whole and then as she's like God, a good chase sequence. There are very few good chase sequences, I think. And this one's great. Where she just gets to the end the last second and it's just like figure it out. How how do you get out now? And he's just barreling towards her. <laughs> it's like okay. And mm-hmm. oh man, he's like swiping at her feet and she, just the fingernails on the boards as she's just barely pulling herself up. Oh, it's so well done. It's so well directed. There's like great tension. God, that scene is amazing. That is like it is. wow, so good. It um, almost makes it almost makes you wish there was more fantasy stuff in the film. But at the same time, the balance works so well for the story that they're telling. Mm -hmm. And I was just about to bring up that for a while I was like, ah, I care more about the girl and the fantasy stuff than the other parts of the movie. But my mind on that was changed when uh, Mercedes runs away and, you know, gets stopped in the forest and she's surrounded, and I'm like, she's dead. Like, she's gonna die. And that's pretty sad, because she's cool. Because I feel like that's a thing that happens in Del Toro movies. Like, last hopes get murdered all the time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just the moment where her brother saves her is really great. I was like, all right. She's not dead. Which I should have at that point taken to mean that the little girl was going to die. <laughs> like, there was, it was going to be one of them. I just didn't expect it to be her. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's when I was like, oh yeah, I care about this character. I, I care about this war conflict. And it's just dark, man. <laughs> There's like, it's, it's dour. In ways that, like, and, yeah, again, that contrast is great between the fantasy world and the real world that is so messed up. <laughs> where a little, where a guy just shoots a little girl in the stomach and is like, I don't care. <laughs> like, oh. But, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. I'm kidding. He yeah. obviously did. He yeah, did a lot of did, things wrong. Like explicitly <laughs> Now, if it wasn't the year that we're living in, and if all the things that have happened in this year haven't happened, then I say no, we don't need to explicitly state it. Obviously, being a fascist is bad. <laughs> but I feel like 
in the year we're living in, for some reason, it's just accepted now. It's like, oh yeah, this is a common part of life. Here in America, we have fascists. No! <laughs> like, that's maybe not good. No, you know what? I'm going to go so far as to say it's not good. Like, we shouldn't. So, well, it's a, it's a bold stance. It, and now. that's the sad part, is that it actually kind of is. <laughs> like, in 2017... Oh, it's rough. It's rough out here, guys. <laughs> That's why we need this film. Yeah. To uh, give us... Show us who the heroes are. Mm-hmm. Who the villains are. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be remembered. Who's mm-hmm. not going to be remembered. Who should be remembered. Who shouldn't be remembered. And the like of that. And the milk. But doing it all... Oh. With compelling characters. Mm-hmm. And great visuals. Oh, man. So good. Great music. Yeah. yeah. Great performances. Mm-hmm. Great story. Of course. Yeah. I, I dig Del Toro's aesthetic. Like, I'm on the train with him. Um... It's like when you talk about, like, no, I can't even think of an example. <laughs> like Zack Snyder. I, like, I, I realize his movies look good. Not really my thing as far as uh, looks go. But Del Toro. Sometimes look good. I mean, to each their own. What looks good to some people isn't always going to be the same. But with Del Toro, I, those, ooh, those dark blues, those light blues, ooh. My God, they pop. They're so good. Like, that's a color that we don't see too often. Does it a ton in Devil's Backbone too? Crimson Peak has a ton of blue. Um, looks like Shape of Water is going to have a ton of blue. I'm like, this is, this is it. <laughs> this is what movies should look like. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just dig. I don't know who, does, who did the cinematography on this film, but I'm giving them two thumbs up. Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, one of the reasons why I recommended this film to you is because he's one of my favorite directors. Mm-hmm. Probably like number two after Nolan. If you could believe it, the cinematographer's name is Guillermo Navarro. <laughs> he has the same first name. Awesome. Um, who did, he was a cinematographer on Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, Pacific Rim, uh, Devil's Backbone, Kronos, so a ton of, um, yeah, Hellboy 2, Hellboy 1, okay, he also did, uh, Night at the Museum, (laughs) 1 and (laughs) 3, uh, From Dust Till Dawn, Jackie Brown, um, Stuart Little, Spy Kids. Stuart Little. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you got to make money every once in a while. <laughs> I see. I see. Um, but yeah, dude's a good cinematographer. So. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this movie other than that it's great. Uh, I was sad when she made her dress dirty. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, your mom worked real hard on that. <laughs> it's like, I feel like that's one of those things that, like, as a kid, if I watched this, I'd be like, well, duh, she had to crawl into the tree. But now as an adult, I'm like, oh, 
your mom worked real hard. Like, <laughs> respect your mom. <laughs> like, I I know what you mean. Yeah. It was that one of the parts that made you tear up. Yeah. Is that it? It was the yeah. dress. It was it was the when she got shot. Mm-hmm. And when she ruined her dress, like those are equal. And, and when she got shot, it was more that she just ruined a clothes she was in. <laughs> I was like, now there's blood stains. It's going to take forever to get those out. <laughs> like, it was, kid, you got to be more careful of where you're getting dirty. I think that's the, the takeaway. Mm-hmm. If there's anything to be taken away from this movie. I think there's a lot. I think that, obviously, the most important aspect mm-hmm. is uh, don't dirty the clothes that your mom nicely prepared for you. That's the, I guess that's the message. I mean, yeah. Because we can't make any stronger statements. Not in 2017, so. we can't. <laughs> oh my god, this year sucks, Aaron. <laughs> we thought 2016 sucked, but here we are. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, well, no guarantee it gets better from here. But. I'd like to hope. <laughs> there is a possibility that this podcast gets better. This was a good episode. Hold out hope. I'm this feeling, I'm feeling this episode. episode. Uh, so, ranking. Yes. I have it. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I do this. I always exit out right when I need it. Because I'm a dum-dum. Okay. Well, I can go. I, I just pulled it up. <laughs> I have it at number seven. Behind Scream, ahead of Rear Window, with Devil's Backbone trailing just behind it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I have this at number eight. Behind Scream, and ahead of Psycho. Whoa. <laughs> Those are so oddly close to it. <laughs> Let's all right, all right. I'm feeling it. Yeah, I mean, just a great movie. This will be one that I think I'll dive into a lot more. It's not. I mean, like it's heavy. There's some heavy stuff in it, but it's also one that I feel like it would be easy to pop in, watch it. Um, I'm also just interested in hearing about. Like, you know, question. This is a side question that we haven't talked about in here. Do you ever listen to director commentaries? Uh, I used to a lot. I haven't really recently. I haven't in a while either. But this is a movie, every once in a while I watch one, and I think this is a movie that I'd be very interested in hearing Del Toro talk about how he made this. And I don't know. No one knows the movie better than him, so <laughs> I'd like to hear about his symbolism that he threw in there. It's You should get the Criterion version. That's what you should do. I want the three-pack so bad. <laughs> I'm like, oh, got those nice covers. Just wait for the next half-off sale. Actually, you might still be able to catch the current one. I don't know if it goes to the end of the month or not. See, like... I put it on my Christmas list, <laughs> so I don't want to, like, buy it before I know if that's something I got this year, so. Well, then you'll have to wait till next July. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen Kronos? I have not. No. Hmm. 
I'm interested. Me too. All right. So next week, we kind of just uh, doing a free choice for uh, Lacey. Just pick any film off the list that he was interested in, and we're gonna be looking at Casablanca. Yeah. Classic film. I'm oh. sure you've heard quite a bit about. Uh, no, no, I've never heard anything about it. Never, never even heard about the movie. Honestly, uh, I just saw it on the list, and I was like, "You, I like White Houses." <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I obviously I've heard about this movie. <laughs> I, I don't know if I need to preface that for anyone. It's a very famous film, uh, so I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to talk about it. All right. All right. So if you want to find us around the web, you can find Lacey at Jake underscore Lace on Twitter. You can find him at Jake Lace on Tumblr. Uh, still, yeah. still got that Justice League review. Yep. It's good, but also it's bad. Uh, it's mostly bad. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I, I'd say if I had to give it a split, I'd give it a 80 bad no, 85 bad, 15 good percents on there. Sounds about right. Yeah. And if you want to find David from the main podcast on the web, you can find him at dbex15, Twitter, dbex with two S's. If you want to find me around the web, you can find me at littleflamedude on Twitter. Find me at this clever blog name. It's already taken.tumblr.com. And if you want to find the podcast around the web, you can find us at Reboot RD Underway on Twitter. You can give us a like on Facebook. Uh, check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. And leave us a good review. If you like what we say. Alright, so next week. Casablanca. Yeah. I told them. Don't so, think it. Some about gin bars. Don't say it. Bye bye, man. Bye bye. I got really forceful with that bye-bye for whatever. Bye-bye. Get out of my face. All right.